Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Horn. With me as usual is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard, what a weekend for the Indianapolis Colts. How was the weekend for you? Yeah, man. Caught the draft. Seemed like uh, every year the NFL is putting more and more money into the draft, man. And uh, it's it's just a big show now. But uh, caught some of the draft. But we're in Texas, you know, where everything is bigger. Uh, my son has uh, travel football nationals down in Dallas uh, and actually was with a former coach, uh, Melvin Bullitt, uh, was with him and uh, with him and his family down there. He had a son that played as well and, uh, you know, had a good time down there competing against some of the best kids in the, in the, in the nation while trying to keep up with the draft and Chris Ballard making his magic happen again. And, you know, looked like the coach had a good draft, man. What you think? Uh, well, considering they walk into this draft without a first-round pick and they walk out with four picks in on day two, that was that was pretty impressive to me. Uh, and I can't really argue with any of the picks. Uh, Ballard is generally every year, Ballard selects somebody that's got you going, huh? And then, some, and then usually he ends up turning out to be really good. Right. But this year, to me, it looked like Chris Ballard went out there and was like, all right, we're, we're going to actually uh, go with needs, you yeah. know. <laughs> exactly what I was just about to say. It just seemed like he really attacked the needs of mm-hmm. right now, whether it's guys that's just going to uh, fill, fill up the depth spots that we might need or guys that might have an opportunity to come in and earn a starting spot. Uh, but it makes you feel good that, you know, he wasn't just getting guys that like that we didn't need or getting guys or getting positions. There we go. I ain't going to say the guy, but getting certain positions to where it's just like, hey, you know, we didn't need another damn running back. We got Jonathan. <laughs> but um, it just seemed like he did a good job in, in attacking. I seemed like he, he got guys that was probably on his board pretty high, too. When you just look at the 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 guys and positions and where they come from, um, you know, I was really impressed with the draft and I actually called Reggie Wayne uh, after the draft just to see, you know, was he happy with everything? And he was ecstatic uh, about the guys that they got coming in and uh, looking forward to going to work. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, with that being said, don't forget, uh, 
Our partners over on Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So, uh, right after the draft was over with, I had the opportunity uh, to sit down with Morocco Brown, uh, the director of college scouting for the Indianapolis Colts. And it's funny, you, you talked about, you know, attacking those needs early on. And he said, a, a question was brought up of why, the reason why they traded back, right? And... He said it wasn't because his their guys weren't there. It was because so many of their guys were still there. Gotcha. And and they were like, we need more picks because some of these guys are going to fall. We're going to get multiple of the guys that we want, you right. know. And wow, what I mean, they really they hit every need that everybody thought about on at least on the offensive side, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, definitely. I mean, start wide receiver, tied in, tackle. It, you yeah. know, just like that. And I was you, you just talked about, I'm like, wow. I mean, if these guys pan out, he also said that, you know, every pick in every draft, every pick in every draft, they sit down before they before they decide to select them, they say, Who's this guy going to replace on the 53, right? Yep. That's, that is the final, if they, if they can't say this guy can replace a, another guy on the 53, they don't select him. Yeah. So they have high hopes for each and every guy, even the seventh round guys. That's, that's amazing. That's uh that it's funny that, that, uh, that was brought up. I remember my, uh, rookie year some of the bets that's that's what they would was telling me like i remember sitting talking to tim jennings and marlon jackson and they're like hey gerard you know they drafted you to replace me you know and it wasn't anything personal it wasn't anything uh to look at as a negative it's just the competition of making sure every position is at the the, the best that it could possibly be and uh, it just keeps everybody on their game it keeps those bets who thinks that their spot is solidified and that they're good on their game, making sure you're working out and making sure you're doing the things that, you know, you're supposed to do. Just think, we just had, you know, a tight end on our show uh, last week that's excited mm -hmm. about, you know, his second year coming up and, and getting things going. And look, they just drafted two more tight ends to come in here right now. So it just lets you know how the NFL business work. Everybody is always trying to get better and you're not going to bring a guy into your organization that you feel like can't take somebody's spot, can't you know, handle the responsibilities of, you know, somebody that's already on the roster. And that's how you keep your roster good, which Chris Ballard seemed like he is doing a good job of that. Absolutely. Now, the uh, the Colts seem like they favored a couple colleges this year. Uh, I'm just, I, I don't know. It seems that way. There's two of them, you know, Minnesota and Cincinnati. For some reason, it was like the Colts had scouts that like, 
parked there and lived there for a while and got to know everybody very, very closely because that's where most of their drafts came from. Right. (laughs) Like I remember uh, like Minnesota played Auburn uh, this year. Minnesota played Ohio State uh, this year. I remember watching um, those games. Minnesota have a great program, you know, and maybe it's just one of those things they want to, you know, get kids that's coming out of these good programs that's prepared and developed and, you know, they are ready for the next level. They are ready to take that next step into the NFL. And, you know, of course, Cincinnati had an awesome year uh, last year. And uh, you look at that program and what Finkel and uh, those guys are doing, you know, that's a that's one of the best programs in the country the last few years, just off a of record alone and bowl games and uh, doing all those things and producing the players that they've been producing. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's just one of those things like, hey, man, let's go to these these schools that we know are developing and doing the things that we see fit what we do here within, within our organization. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) So Chris Ballard did not select from a college that he's had a history of selecting from over the last few years. Every year he selects a guy from Ohio state. He didn't even snip a Ohio state guy this year. (laughs) And you had a question about those Ohio state guys. Mm -hmm. Remember you said uh, those guys, every time they come to Indy, there's some type of injury bug that uh, that happens with the Ohio State guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just Indy. It's it's around the league. I mean, yeah. all these Ohio State guys um, ended up getting hurt uh, for, around the league. Uh, if you go look in the last, I think it's five years, every Ohio State player got hurt within their first two years. And, and I'm just like, wow. Not, not to change the subject too much, but. I thought it was very impressive to see those three. Well, you know, really two, but I, I say three because uh, James Williams started at Ohio State for two years uh, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But those three Ohio State guys go 10, 11, and 12 in the draft. If I'm the recruiting co- uh, coordinator that got those guys at Ohio State, I'm asking for a raise right now. <laughs> right. Three guys from the same class that went 10, 11, and 12 at wide receiver in the draft (laughs) that's that's unbelievable right i mean wow uh early on yep uh but i mean ohio state is you know them and alabama right they're they're the two colleges that generally as of late anyhow the last 10 years just been pumping guys into the draft like left and right so uh they're they're producing the big time talent um but let, let's get into the, actually the Indianapolis Colts draft right now. Um, their first pick, uh, 53rd overall. Obviously, a lot of you knew that the Colts had a selection at 42. I just got done talking about how Morocco said that at 42, they had a bunch of people still on the board, so they traded back. Uh, 53rd pick, they ended up getting Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Uh, what do you think about that specific pick and 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 what that does for for this Colts offense? Well, I know we had talked about last pod on uh, what we think that second round pick was going to be, and we both agreed that uh, you know wide receiver is going to be that position. You know, we both thought that the depth, as uh, far as in the draft, it was you know heavy with good good wide receivers. And, uh, and I, I was actually talking to Reggie uh, Wayne after the draft, and he said he had him high on his board. Uh, so he got a guy that – they got the guy that they wanted. They got the guy that, you know, they had their eyes on. I think everybody might have had, you know, Jameis Williams and those other two guys, you know, first or however you want to put it on their boards. But it sounded like they got the guy that they, they, they wanted for sure. And I know you saw some comparisons where people were talking about 
uh, you know, compared to Cooper Cup, and he's a bigger guy. So, you know, it just get adds to that what adds to the the wide receiver room. You know, we 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 both agree that it need weapons, but if he end up panning out the way that uh, we hope that he pans out, you know, just imagine how young the wide receiver room is and the future that the Colts can look forward to if. Uh, you know, the two guys that you drafted the last two years, which are your high picks at wide receivers, really pan out and form the duo that we're used to seeing with the Marvin Harrisons, uh, Reggie Waynes, and you know, Reggie Wayne and TY, and you know, and in, in, in those type things. So it's kind of cool to see, um, what's going to happen with that going forward because you know, I think everybody wants to see the growth, and, and hopefully, those guys can develop and be ready to play right away. Yeah, I'm, I am pretty excited about Alec Pierce. Um, he seems like a guy. Now they they say that he could work on his route running, but uh, he has a very good uh, way of of getting open and 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 catching the football. So, um, still young, uh, obviously <laughs> drafted. Um, but Reggie's going to have a field day. Show. I mean, if his issue is route running. Okay. I would say that Reggie Wayne is the perfect guy yeah. to sit there and teach him what he needs to learn, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, third round, we got a, a – well, let's just say he's a, spe- a specimen of a human being in Jelani Woods, okay? Uh, yep. The guy is monstrous. He's huge for a tight end. He's like six seven. He's got like – 83 foot long wingspan. Uh, he's very similar. If you kind of look at it to a tight end, we already have on the team, right? right. 250, 260 pound guy. Um, if, and the thing is Jelani's played football his entire college career. Whereas, you know, um, Mo Ali Cox was a basketball player in college. Right? right. So he could come in. Jelani should come in and play a lot, you know, be a lot faster at catching up and, and producing than what Moali Cox was. Uh, two guys, they're going to have two guys on the field, and I'm not even counting, like we said, the guy that, that that we interviewed last week, two guys on the field, if they play two tight end or three tight end sets, where they they could stand on the hash marks and then spread their arms across and got the whole field covered. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come on. I mean, you go back to uh... – you know, Matt Ryan, I want to say his his prime years in Atlanta, you know, uh, Gonzalez at tight end, like huge targets. You know, you know, you look at the guys that they drafted and it seemed like it's a style that they were looking for. They were looking for tall, long, big guys that's going to be huge targets within that system. Um, you know, I know a few pods ago we were talking about, you know, how Matt Ryan's going to fit, what he's going to do and all those type of things. And we were like, man, he's going to need some assurance out there. He's going to need – some guys that he know he can just throw it here and it's going to be a catch or whatever the case may be. And I think, you know, with the, with us drafting tight ends with this size, with this length, you know, with this big target on them, that's what I think they're trying to develop and find guys that are big targets and got a huge catch radius, you know, to where they can move to change because they're not going to run by anybody. We all know that, you know, when guys are this big, but as far as being a matchup problem, and, uh, and and being somebody that can move the change and getting into the red zone and maybe being, you know, a big target in the red zone, I think it's going to look great. And I think though, if those guys are able to, you know, come in right away and kind of, you know, get in that playbook to where they understand it a little bit, I believe that the coach will definitely find a role because you don't, I mean, you just can't find size like that 
anywhere, you know, guys that can do that. The next two guys that the Colts ended up drafting were listed as best value guys, right? At the position at where they were drafted at uh, Bernard Raymond. And then of course, Nick cross, like incredibly good value. Raymond was considered to be a late first early second round pick by a lot of people. Um, to be, again, you know, his size, uh, uh, he was liked by a lot of people. There were just question marks, uh, about some of his stuff. Um, but, uh, again, central Michigan, uh, offensive tackle. I'm glad they went out and got a tackle. No offense to, Ma- uh, prior. Um, he just got signed and, you know, Ballard is looking to, he says he's going to get the first shot at being the starter, but there was no tackle that we had on the, on the team that could push him right, right for that right. starting position. And I think this is exactly what we needed a young guy to come in that could push for that starting position, even though. Left tackle is not a guy that you want uh, pushing for a starting position, personally. <laughs> but, it, but it also, um, you want to have guys, you want to bring guys in that's going to push some of the guys for their starting uh, position, of course. But you also want to have guys that's just ready to start at any given moment. We all know how brutal the season's going to be. We know that it's going to be guys that's going to get hurt. It's going to be guys that miss some time or whatnot. And you want to make sure that your depth, is just as good as you're starting. So when guys come in, there's no drop off. So you're right in, uh, you know, bringing guys in and, and pushing guys uh, starting position and, you know, making sure that the starters are getting better in every, uh, in every way. But I also uh, think that, you know, drafting guys that's able to do that. You also are preparing them that at some point this season, you're the next guy up and we're going to need you, you know, to play at a high level. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. Death is, that was, you know, like I said, very scary situation, at least walking in um, because w- we did pick up a couple swing tackles, right? right. Uh, right. But th- they weren't guys that really had very many, you know, game starts or, yep. or even Experience. game snaps. Yeah, yep. uh, mostly backups and, and, and uh, practice squad guys. Uh, so this is a, a, a good situation for us. The next guy, of course, was Nick Cross. Uh, safety um, out of Denver. Wow. Uh, And the Colts really moved up big time. They, they, they completely skipped the fourth round just to move up to get him. Yeah. Uh, And, and he played a lot of, from what I'm understanding, he played a lot of single high safety over there in Denver. Uh, People say, Oh, well he got beat. Uh, Look at all the plays that he got beat on, but he's playing single high, you know, and when, when you're on one side and you get thrown to, not necessarily getting beat. That's just the scheme, right? So uh, I, I like what I see in his athleticism, but and I mean, whenever whenever you trade anything to get somebody, that means they like you. That means yep. that maybe it, it could be something to where they had him higher. You know, uh, wasn't expecting him to be there. You know, doing this one pick or whatever the case may be. But whenever a team trades anything, I don't care if it's a dang compensation pick. You know, if they trade something for you, that means they value at some level. So I, I'm going to keep my eye on this guy because, you know, I think he's going to get a real opportunity to come in and maybe compete for some type of role. You know, never know. Could be that bell cow special team player that we might need and a, a good quality role player his rookie year as far as depth in the secondary. Or he might be able to come in and, 
you know, compete for that job right away. You just never know. But whenever somebody trade anything for you, you know, as a player, you know, like, man, they want they traded some for me. That means they came and got me. So, you know, it makes you feel good as a player. Especially when you skip an entire round to yeah. get somebody. That's that yep. speaks volumes. Uh, next guy on the list, Missouri State defensive tackle, Eric Johnson. Uh, wow. Uh, defensive tackle. We were talking again. We all knew uh, defensively pretty, pretty stout at the starting position, but we needed some depth yep. at certain positions, right? Especially up front. Yeah. Yep. Right there, especially in the middle up front, especially with, you know, losing Stallworth and a bunch of other guys uh, across the, the front of that. Um, this is just a pick that I believe that that really could end up being that guy that could be that rotational piece um, yep. that, you know, the Colts absolutely needed. At the end of the season, I talked about how, you know, the uh, during games, the Colts uh, defensive line did not get switched out nearly enough right, right. Uh, to get breathers. And, and, and you could tell that at the end of games. And that's one of the reasons why I believe that a lot of uh, we lost a lot of leads was because you know, our defensive line was just gassed. Right, so right. getting getting this depth now, young guys at depth, um, to be able to to replace certain specific players was very very important, and I think that was one step uh, that the Colts did when they selected Eric Johnson. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I look at it kind of similar, to like the O line. Uh, you want you want guys that's quality guys that can come mm-hmm. in and play. Um, you know, it's a, it's so important. Like it, everything starts in the trenches, you know, O-line, D-line, everything starts there. So you want guy, you want to have great depth because just like O-line, it's going to get, it's going to be guys that get banged up and miss time. And you don't want to, you know, one guy to have to, you know, one guy that might be missing time and just be in panic mode. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to replace this guy? You want to have a room to where it's just like, nah, man, next man up. And this guy's been prepared and he's ready to go. So I like to pick as well. I like the fact that Chris Ballard really went after the position of needs instead of, you know, some teams just going after whatever's the best player available, which in some uh, cases that work and, and is needed. But I think in our case specifically, we got what we need in place as far as in those main positions now. And it's just about solidifying the depth around them. Now, I think Ballard has been a BPA guy this entire time, but there's a difference like my very first question um, to Morocco in that in, in that interview was, you know, the difference between walking into a, a team and you know you're during your first or second, you know, year of your tenure, as opposed to you know your fifth or sixth, right? You know, and your first year you're growing BPA because you're needing you're you're needing top end talent at every position, so you just go BPA, and then fifth and sixth you're looking to build fill those specific spots, you know, so you could be a contender. And that's, I, I, this is, this draft is most evident of that specific strategy. Um, The sixth round, first, the 192nd overall pick, another Minnesota guy. And this was the most confusing to me because we got another tied in Andrew Ogletree. Now the Colts, I have never seen the Colts have four tight ends on their 53-man roster, okay? Yeah. And and right now, if you're looking, with the pick for earlier from the second round or third round, um, 
that that the Colts got, there's definitely three guys that's going to be on the 53-man roster. But the uh, Andrew Ogletree is a guy, a tight end, that if he works out, he's very similar to the guy that we already had that we interviewed last week, yeah. right, uh, in, in his play style. So uh, maybe pushing for that wide tight end situation there? Yeah, I think it's uh, possibly – I think everybody's going to have the opportunity to push, you know, somebody for a certain spot or whatnot. But when you're looking at your 53, you're also looking at your depth far as scout team and guys that might need development that you already know might be a certain project. And we know that this kid might not be ready, but his potential is going to be, you know, amazing through the roof. So when those guys are battling it, battling it out, it easily, you know, they separate themselves easily. You can kind of tell who's ready, who's going to be in the 53, who's going to be kind of a guy that we can bring up, bring back down, bring back up. And uh, so when the 53 is set and one of those rookies, let's just say the six-round pick is the one that's the odd man out of the group, him developing and being on, on scout team and getting those reps and still being in the room and being around those guys, at some point he's going to get a call up if there's a certain situation that happened or whatnot. But with us signing Mo uh, this offseason and now getting some depth with a second-year uh, player we got coming back and and some rookies to that 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 room, I think it's going to be a young room, and they just got to make sure that uh, those guys are developing in the right way and want to have enough you know, just in case something goes sour within that tight end position, because I know everybody was worried about that position with Jack leaving. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Jack provided so much for so long, you know, and was still playing at a really good level at that time. Jack, Jack made everybody comfortable. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he was the security blanket, yeah, right? That's, that's Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the issue drafting well, in the later rounds, like sixth, seventh round, and you're drafting guys that have high potential. Other teams see that as well. So, you know, yeah. when when those when that 90 man, you know, the first cuts and second cuts happen and you have to get down to 53, there's a waiver there. You know, other teams are looking. You may not get him on your practice squad, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. And like I said, some of these guys that got drafted in the later rounds are guys that the coach might be thinking he can come in and compete for a job mm -hmm. right now. And what it reminds me of, if you go back to the Bill Polian days, I mean, Antoine Bethea, sixth round, mm -hmm. Robert Mathis, fifth round, uh, Pierre Garçon, sixth round out of a D3 school. Like, they were notorious in finding guys in those later round. Austin Collie, fourth round. I was third round, came in and started as a rookie. Austin Collie earned the third wide receiver job as a rookie uh, and all those things. So the coaches have been notorious for finding guys between that third and seventh round that came in as rookies and played. Like they they probably one of the only teams that's just known, you know, for that. So uh, it'll be interesting going into OTAs, seeing minicamp, and, uh, you know, getting to training camp just to see which one of these rookies is kind of going to stand out because I'm pretty sure everybody's going to get a fair opportunity, you know, to show what they can do in, uh, in order to make the 53-man roster. Absolutely. Well, the last two guys we have is uh, more depth, obviously. Um, another Cincinnati guy, you know, another defensive tackle. We talked about, you know, needing that that depth for rotation. Curtis Brooks out of Cincy, um, the – Boy, the Bearcats uh, really, really <laughs> caught some. Yeah, they sure did. 
Um, and then the last guy, well, the Colts needed a, uh, more depth at corner. Yes. We went out and we got a couple guys, right? We got a guy, we got a guy from the Raiders for, that was on the Raiders last year that Gus Bradley really liked. We got this other guy that I don't know, used to be a defensive player of the year. I, but they went out and got somebody who actually, I mean, I don't know about this guy might be kind of smart. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. He, he might be very, very intelligent. He went to Yale. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and to go to Yale, you, uh, you just can't go in, go in there and go just because you're good at football. That's for yeah. one. So, uh, <laughs> we, we know the guy that's coming in, got, got some, some, uh, a great brain inside his head. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. So you're probably getting some type of smart guy that understands football, understands scheme. Uh, maybe, maybe a guy that just, just have a knack for being around the ball and doing those things. But like I said, when you get drafted in these later rounds, especially when you're a skill guy, you're, you're the first opportunity you're going to get is special teams. And like, you know, and we know we both was, uh, you know, talking about losing our bell cow we had last year in special mm-hmm. teams. I think he signed with the Raiders. If, if uh, absolutely, I remember correctly. So you're looking for guys that are going to come in and take up that role. So if it's one guy, two guy, three guys, that's how that's that's just what it's gonna take. So hopefully this kid comes in and uh, kind of understands and 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 already prepared on how the NFL game works, and uh, he can come in and compete for one of those jobs. So we just went over all their regular selections. We're we're not going to talk about the UDFAs today. That that'll be a a, a day where um kind of give us a little bit of time to look over it and 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 get a little more in depth in it. Uh, but I do have a question. So we just talked about a guy that came from one of those, you know, uh, high end schools, uh, when, when it comes to book learning, is that, what's it like for, uh, are they accepted in a locker room equal to, you know, your high, you know, sports oh, yeah. colleges? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I used to we used to joke about like coming from the SEC and, you know, doing all those things, which, you know, a lot of times those arguments be true when you're talking about week to week competition and you're talking about atmospheres and pressure and, you know, things of that nature just on a daily basis going to one of those power five type schools. But once you get into the NFL, I mean, everybody understands how hard it is to get there. Everybody understands the talent that's needed to get there. Uh, the the professionalism and all the things that it just takes to get to the the spot that you're at. Uh, once you're there, it doesn't matter what school you go to. Everybody is respected because you wouldn't be here if you didn't have something. You know, the coach are not just bringing you in or drafting you or signing you or whatever the case may be just because we think you're a smart guy that went to Yale. No, we're we're drafting you because of, you play football and we think you play football well. Uh, so one we joke about. You know, hey, you went to Yale, you know, smart school. You might joke about those things like in a funny way or whatnot, but nobody's questioning your football talent because you wouldn't be there if uh, if you couldn't play. Awesome. Uh, that's that's good to know, uh, honestly, uh, because uh, it, hazing's a real thing, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, it, it, it's going to be happening soon, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, is there uh, any – 
stories that you might have of of your first I, I year? I didn't have any horror stories uh, with the Colts because it was like a Polian had like a no tolerance policy when it came to hazing. So the hazing was small things like. I used to have to go get certain foods from certain restaurants for the plane flight uh, for Saturday morning practice. I might have to go get coffee and donuts and, you know, all those things. After practice, I might have to take everybody's shoulder pads and, you know, doing the rookie things like that. But when it comes to like the personal type hazing that some of these other teams do to where it gets kind of like cutting the hair, cutting your eyebrows off and uh, stuff like that, you know, the coach wasn't having that. So, uh we didn't, uh, I didn't, I don't have any horror stories, but I mean, I had a couple situations where the guys made me do stuff that I didn't necessarily agree with. And I just kind of had to humble myself and, and, and do it. So <laughs> <laughs> did you end up, uh, uh, continuing that tradition as you got older as, as a vet with, with rookies coming in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was such a winning culture when I got there, you understood why they did it. You know, you didn't want any of the new guys to come in and feel any, like feel any type of uncomfort feeling, you know, at all, because, you know, when I got drafted and uh, got to the coach, you know, they were every year in that, that playoff Super Bowl contender, like, you know, so they didn't have time to, to have the development of the rookies to slow down. Like they were expecting, rookies to come in and get on board right away because they needed us and um so when I got older it was the same type thing I, I didn't haze anybody like I said only thing that I made anybody do was the same thing go get food go do things like that and even if it was a guy that might have been undrafted or late rounds we used to even you know not make him get as much just because we knew he didn't have you know the money that other guys might have had and things like that so you try to you try to do little things that you know, shows like, hey, I could really be doing this, but we're not. And it gives you an appreciation as a player. Like, man, like like Antoine Bethea, Robert Mathis, Reggie, and all the, them guys, like, they used to haze me, but it was never anything that made me feel uncomfortable or any type of way because at the end of the day, they knew they needed me just like they needed the next guy in that locker room. Well, that's good. That's good. That, um, you know, that it kind of it, it, it brings everybody together in a way. Um, and, and keeps, uh, the new guys from having too big of a head, you know, I, if you're, you're drafted in the first round that can really kind of boost your ego big time. Uh, I mean, it it is true. I, I, I I know that for a fact, uh, I've I've talked to a lot of guys. I've seen a lot of, a lot of reports where, you know, guys walk in and you get drafted early in the draft and they're like, well, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm, you know, you got Tom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got Tom. Yep. Yeah, and and then you end up being uh like uh that former Raiders quarterback uh that decided that, that decide yeah decided Wendy's was more important than playing football. <laughs> um, but all right, so the next step is getting all these guys into the building. What happens then after that? They probably got rookie camp, rookie mini camp is probably this weekend. Uh, draft just happened, give you like a week to kind of get things in order. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure every rookie got his flight info and all that stuff, and they know the dates now. So the first thing that they'll do is come in and do a rookie mini camp, uh, which would be mostly rookies and second year, sec some second year players will be there too if it's somebody they think that needs extra reps, and then uh, invited rookies. So it'd be even more rookies there that got invited, your undrafted guys or whatever the case may be, and it's more of a tryout uh, for those guys. But they'll go to the they'll go to the facility, 
uh, and and it's like spring ball starts for them right away. So you do rookie mini camp, and then that leads into OTAs. You jump back, you jump in with the vets. It's your first time being around the vets, and you know learning from guys that you've been watching on TV your entire career. So you're trying to get those rookies kind of out of that the the fan phase pretty early. Like hey, like Matt Ryan's gonna introduce himself. He's going to let you, you know, hey, I used to watch you Super Bowl. I used to do that. He's going to let you get that all that stuff out of your system. And it's going to be like, all right, now you're one of us. Let's get the work. Let's do this. And then once you get done with OTAs, obviously, you're going to have the mandatory mini camp with everybody there. And then you get your break to, to, to prepare and get ready for training camp. And then once training camp starts, that's when you're trying to earn your job. So we have a former Indianapolis Colts linebacker that's on the staff specifically uh, to talk to new guys on the team. And um, I was wondering, uh, did they have a guy like that? And uh, when you were there, um, that was like a former player that, that, that talks to, talks to the new guys and, and, you know, basically tell them what's expected. I assume I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what his job is. Your player uh, developmental guy is mm-hmm. your guy that kind of going to be around the rookies and grooming the rookies and making them go to certain classes and what to expect. Like when you're a rookie, the player, the play, your player development guys is like your point of contact for everything outside of football. Uh, he's going to be the one you're calling about itinerary. He's going to be the one that's telling you when meetings are and, you know, all these different things. And uh, when I was there, uh, it was actually uh, a guy named uh, Steve. Um, Oh, my gosh, I forgot Steve's last name, but he was there forever. He was with the Polians for a long time. And then my last year, Pagano them hired uh, former coat linebacker uh, David Thornton, which David mm-hmm. is amazing, you know, great, uh, great, great, great guy and does a good job in making sure everybody feel comfortable and in, in, in doing everything. And he's a coat guy through and through uh, from how he acts, how he presents himself, just very professional uh, a, a great resource for for those guys to have. So he'll be the probably the main one that's doing it. But like like you said, Cato's Cato's a former guy and got the same type of personality. Um, it's good to have coaches on staff that kind of been through that process and can talk to the guys and talk them through it and let them know what to expect because they're going to be in those meeting rooms with those coaches. So I mean, you would want your coach, you know, the the kind of go through the same process that you went through and who's who's better to let you know how to handle it than the guy that you got to see every day. Yeah, absolutely. And um I I think that the Colts having like you said, so many former players that have respect and you got rookies and new guys walking in, that also helps, you know, that also helps, you know, keep everything together and 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 show the the respect among everybody. I, I think this is it, it, it's so important all the way around to have guys that, you know, uh, not only you respect that you can relate to as well, yeah. I think. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, well, I think that's probably going to do it unless there's some other stuff you want to discuss there, uh, Gerard. No, nah, that's it, man. I thought, I thought we had a great draft. I thought, I know Chris, oh, yeah. Ballard was sweating a little bit once the offseason started. I think right now he's kind of excited to get things going, uh, just how everything unfolded and, you know, what he got now, looking at his roster now compared to what the roster looked like last year at this point and, you know, knowing what he had. I know all the Colt fans, you know, when we started this thing, uh, was had a bunch of questions. I remember we both were saying, like, I think everybody just got to be patient and let the, let everybody just do their job. 
uh, and all that. And looking back on it, man, I think everything happened kind of how we thought. Of course, we didn't know what players were going to come, but we thought Chris Ballard was going to do a great job and getting this thing figured out. And so far on paper, it's great. You know, it's just a matter about what the product looks on the field now as a whole. Absolutely. And and we got to remember, uh, it's going to take time for a lot of these guys to gel. It'll be the first time that they've ever even, you know, met each other, let alone, you know, scheme and stuff like that, especially when you have, uh, yeah, I get Matt Ryan's a 14-year vet, but he's walking into a situation, you know, with all new people. He's got to learn these, these different guys. He's got to learn the scheme. He's got to get a connection, not only with the players, but with Reich. Uh, and, and it's not just the quarterback. It's every position as well that we got all these new guys in. And then even, they, I mean, got to get accommodated with the city, with, with where they're going to live, getting their family situated. It's a lot that goes on to, you know, new guys moving into town and uh, trying to make sure they have enough time to get acclimated to, to everything. Because like you said, Matt Ryan's been in one city around, you know, the same people his entire career. So mm-hmm. it's going to take time for him to kind of, you know, jail and become, you know, an Indianapolis guy, if, if that makes sense, getting used to the cold weather and, you know, and all those type things. But, uh, you know, he's a he's a true professional and all those guys are that go into that coat building, uh, because if you wasn't you, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be there. So uh, I think it's going to be a good year, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. I think that the uh, just off topic real quick. I think one of the reasons why the Colts decided to grab a few Cincinnati guys because they just drive down there and pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just right there. Also, getting acclimated to the city of Indianapolis is very, very important. You forgot to mention the most important thing, and that is uh, where all the good eating places are, right? I mean, yeah. that's yeah. A, that's important. St. Elmo's number one. That's the that's the that if you know where St. Elmo's is at, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I if, if you like burgers, um there's a place in Carmel called Bubs. Okay. That place is absolutely fantastic. They they have elk burgers there. They oh, actually wow. okay. there's an elk yeah. farm that do that. And it's just a fantastic place to go. So uh yeah, there's a lot of different places around. obviously St. Elmo's is known nationwide worldwide right right? Right. so um but there's there's a bunch of places and when you go to a new place it's it's so important to know because i mean you just don't want to eat mcdonald's and and pizza hut all of europe you're an athlete you can't live off of that unless you're apparently michael pittman jr because he loves his mcdonald's Uh, (laughs) yeah right All right, I think that's going to do it for us. I appreciate each and every one that has listened and watched this. If you are listening, please share this on your favorite social media. Don't forget to download it. Check us out on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, please smash that like button. Hit subscribe if you're not subscribed and tag that notification bell so that you are notified next time uh, we upload a video or go live. It's possible. Uh, We haven't done it yet, but we will one time. Uh, I promise. Uh, (laughs) uh, But that's going to do it for us here at Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. And until next time, as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.